Hello, welcome to the Organic Wine Podcast. I'm Adam Huss, coming to you from Los Angeles, California. Thanks so much for listening. And a big thanks to Richard Hankey for your donation to support the Organic Wine Podcast. It means a lot. Financial support like yours makes it possible for me to continue to prioritize the many hours of time it takes to produce each episode. I really appreciate it. And if you'd like to support a regenerative, ecological approach to wine and life, you can Venmo a donation to at Centralis. That's at C-E-N-T-R-A-L-A-S. And it will be associated with my name, Adam Huss, and I really appreciate your support in whatever form. My guests for this episode are Nicole Dooling and Michael Fry. Nicole and Michael helped transition Nicole's parents' mountaintop vineyard in Mendocino into the first ever Savory Institute Global Land to Market Verified Vineyard in the World. We talk in depth about the land to market certification, which is results-based rather than process-based like most other certifications, and takes most of the work of certification off the farmer's to-do list. And we talk about the process that Nicole and Michael went through to help convince her parents, the Duelings, to make this transition after 40 years of pouring their hearts and souls into Mariah Vineyards. And it took a lot of respect and commitment to the economic as well as the ecological success of the farm. This generational transition and how to navigate it is vital to regenerative agriculture. And this conversation has some amazing insights into it. There are also some important new ideas, including how to be regenerative as a winemaker or consumer, even if you don't do any farming personally, as well as some perspective shifts about transitioning to a nature-based style of farming that may have a slightly more wild and messy aesthetic. And we mentioned several great resources for anyone interested in learning or doing more. Nicole and Michael leave us also with a challenge that if you are claiming to be regenerative, then show it with quantifiable results. It's a great challenge, and I hope it inspires us to strive to be more fact-based and evidence-based in our claims about what we're doing with our farming as well as our practices in wine. Enjoy. Nicole and Michael, thank you so much for doing this. Welcome. Nice to be here. Nice to be here. Thank you for having us. All right. So we just have been chatting and I want you guys to just lay the groundwork for everybody. Where are you and how did you sort of get there? Um, Please. Um, Okay. So let's... I guess maybe it makes sense to start at the beginning, which is for me, um, Mariah Vineyards. Um, it's my, uh, my parents found this land in 1979 and my dad's dream to plant a mountain vineyard, um, in the middle of nowhere, um, which is where I grew up. Um, it's, uh, Mariah Vineyards is in the Mendocino Ridge, um, ABA. It's at 2,400 feet. Um, it's all dry farmed. Uh, anyways, but that's, that's where, that's where I grew up. Um, interesting, you know, and we'll just tease, we'll just tease. So it's dry farmed. It's also, you guys made it the pilot vineyard for the Savory Institute's global land to market verification. And so it yeah. is now land to market verified the first vineyard in the world to to achieve that. Is that correct? Yes. Um, okay. So, and we'll, and so that's yeah. just easier. We'll come back to that, of yeah, course. We'll, but. we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah, that is something that we have done, uh, Michael and I have done with my parents, Dan and Vicky. 
um, achieved that. Uh, also, obviously, with land to market um, and savory folks. Um, but yeah, so that's where I grew up and, you know, went off and did my own my own thing for a long time. And um, actually, I'm, I'm actually I'm an emergency room nurse in San Francisco uh, for the last 12 years. And uh, yeah, I oh, wait, I just have to stop you there. So you the last couple of years must have been interesting <laughs> um, yes. as a nurse in an ER during a pandemic in San Francisco. Oh, yeah. We could do a whole podcast about that. Well. <laughs> well, um, uh, I mean, I think all of us will just say thank you. Uh, just <laughs> to the short, the short story from our perspective. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah, it's been um, it's been a roller coaster over the last couple of years uh, with many different things. Of course, the pandemic, um, but uh, also in an amazing way, really like kind of returning um, with boots on the ground back at my family's vineyard. Um, believe me, I never thought, I mean, I couldn't get out of there fast enough when I was, you know, graduating high school. Um, not that I didn't, I mean, I had a great childhood and everything, but I was commuting to school in Mendocino and anyway, so I went off and as I'm the oldest of four kids, actually, um, we've all found our, our ways into different things. Um, not really so much farming, um, and a couple of years ago, uh, I was traveling in Peru, getting ready to shift my nursing um, career a little bit into um, possibly flight nursing, um, getting out of the ER, and uh, took a trip to Peru with my mom and uh, met this Swiss guy who I'm sitting next to now in life. And uh yeah, it shifted a lot of different things in different ways. And the short version is, is we ended up um, learning about a regenerative agriculture conference called the Regenerative Earth Summit. In, it was the Regenerative Earth Summit in, in, in Boulder. In Colorado. And this was like the fall of 2019. So my dad's good friend and family friend, Paul Dolan, who um, is a name in the wine world, as you probably know, um, mm. he, you know he has been our mentor in many different ways through our business and things, but he uh, suggested we go to this earth summit. We're like, all right, sounds great. So we go and there's a freaking snowstorm in October. And anyway, we go to this earth summit and we were just blown away with what was happening in, with regards to regenerative agriculture, which we were just learning about. Mm. And all of these amazing people out there doing great things. Um, what was that? What and, blew you away? Can I ask? Was that what blew you away? Was it the was it the science? Was it the the projects that people were working on? Was it the like what was of, it? I mean, a little bit of everything. Like Charles Eisenstein was there, who was like a writer. There was farmers there. There were there was a doctor there. Will Harris was there. Who I have a funny story about that. But and so, so. we for, we were like, why isn't everybody farming with this approach? Um, you know, speaking about all the pillars of regenerative agriculture, you know, no-till, cover cropping, um, animal integration, um, obviously, you know, not using um, agrochemicals. And so, so for me, it was, uh, we are so overwhelmed with news out there and, mm -hmm. you know, the world is ending and stuff. And then we went yeah. to this summit and people were speaking about bringing back biodiversity, sequestering carbon, uh, 
uh, all this amazing stuff and soil health and and it was just like water conservation it, it was it was an epiphany it was a spark and and it was like uh, uh, a realization that there's stuff that you can do and where you really can push the needle and uh, that was that was the beginning of our, of our it really, rabbit hole yeah so. it really <laughs> like it really sparked um, where we are today with Mariah Vineyards and where we are today in our own, in our own ways of trying to, um, you know, accelerate regenerative agriculture. Um, and, uh, yeah, basically we met a lot of great people. It was really interesting. It was a small group. It wasn't a large group of people, but, uh, the very beginning of the, of the, um, the, whatever this two day summit, um, they had us do this like warming up exercise and they were like, look around the room and find somebody who's not at your table. And like, this is before the pandemic, you know, and yeah. there it was like, you had to play this game where you had to like find somebody and sit and like stare at them for an uncomfortable amount of time. <laughs> and, right. um, just to like break the, break it the was, ice. It, it was an exercise that people realize that you feel comfortable if you, if you are in a room with people that you don't know and that everybody is realizing that they have the same weird feeling so that it shouldn't be a problem to reach out and then start conversations mm. and then start networking and stuff like that. So I look yeah. around the room and the, the person who stands out to me as like probably one of the like only real farmers in like in like serious farmers in the room um, was Will Harris. I don't know if you know who he is, but he's... Um, I do know his name. I can, can you remind? He where, has where um, white oak pastures in white oak. Georgia. That's right. And yes. he's like the <laughs> he's an interesting cat. That's for sure. He's awesome. <laughs> but so I, I I see this man who's dressed to the nines with his nice cowboy hat and his leather. I can picture him. And I mean, he reminded me not in just in his demeanor of my dad. And I looked and I saw his hands. And I was like, that's a farmer. And he had like, like hard farming hands like my dad had. And I was like, that's the guy I want to look at, stare at. Cause that, I don't know. I just was drawn to him because he was really the real farmer in the room to me. And yeah. so I had this uncomfortable kind of awesome, like situation where I had to stare into Will Harris's eyes for, I don't know, minutes. And anyways, long story short, we ended up um, having a long uh, we spent a lot of time just in conversations with him throughout the the summit. And he was really pushing out. He's also a huge wine lover, by the way. Um, oh. um, yeah, he's got a very large ranch in uh, Georgia and like has yeah. really been a, a face of a lot of regenerative um, agriculture. Yes. He's also a savory hub. Um, and he was really pushing us. He was like, you got to talk to these savory folks. You got to talk to your hub in California. Talk to them, talk to them, just start the conversation, you know? And, uh, so really he kind of pushed us to really start this conversation with, um, some of these savory folks. And we were just like, Hey, like how come, what, you know, when we were learning about the savory Institute and turns out they do a lot of, um, you know, it, it, it was amazing, mainly grasslands, um, uh, beef, bison, um, leather wool. Yeah. Wool. Um, a lot of things like that around the world. It was really interesting. And we we're like, how come, this doesn't exist in, in, you know, cropping systems or in vineyards. And they're like, well, we just haven't like gone into that. And 
it really started this conversation that we started having with our California hub at the time. Um, and then I we was, had- uh, we were, we were intrigued. We were intrigued. We, we looked into, into, uh, the Saver Institute and we looked in the ecological outcome verification. That's the process in the back. And we really loved that it's an, an outcome based approach. So in, uh, in, uh, regular uh, certifications and verifications, uh, you're looking at processes and you track processes. Uh, and, and the Savory Institute really, or Land to Market really provided an outcome base. And I don't know if it's, if it's because I'm Swiss and, and, you know, I, I really don't know, but, but we really, <laughs> we, we, we really loved, we really loved that you can back up what you say, you know, so, yeah. uh, to go, to go on your land, to implement all these practices, uh, to go out and claim a regeneration, that's, that's, that's quite a claim, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. so when, when, when we found the solution with, with land to market and really saw that, that you can actually back it up with results, uh, we, we were really intrigued with that. Sorry to interrupt, Nico. Do you, do you, um, do, should we wait to jump into that? Do you want to finish, um, bringing uh, us up to the present nicole yeah basically basically that was um you know we we came home from the summit and we went to my parent i think around the same time i went to we went to a calcan thing and i think it was really like when i was starting to really i mean when when you grow up in a farming it's just like what P- your parents do like it's not what you know i remember applying for college and i was like what do i put on my application as like you know my parents job and my mom's like farmer farmer or owner operator i was like farmer nobody's gonna put farmer on their college application you know like i remember being like weirdly like is that what i really have to put and then <laughs> over the last couple of years i've been like i'm so freaking proud that my parents are farmers like i have like yeah. i've gone back to my parents i'm like you guys are awesome like and i like i didn't have this understanding or respect and i feel like it's lacking in general across across the board for farming, but um, I'm so proud of the things that my parents have done. And mm. when we came back from this um, summit, I, we just were so, I mean, just so excited. We're like, this is amazing. You can sequester carbon. You can do all this cool stuff. Like we've got to do this, dad. I was like, dad, I know you're like already like permanent cover. Like you're doing all this good stuff. You're basically farming organically at the time, you know, like all these things I was like, and you're dry farming. I was like, yeah, and we committed li- and we committed to jump in and and then to support on on this path. So. Yeah, so so we were like really excited. My mom's like, "This sounds great," and my dad's like, "What do I have to do?" <laughs> you know, and um, I was like, "Yeah, it'll be fine. We'll figure it out, and we'll help. We'll jump in." And he was like, "I don't know," you know, like. And then so we had we started. Michael and I handled it. We started all these conversations, and meanwhile, we came up with this plan to be the pilot. Um, uh, vineyard for them for the land to market verification to um, I guess they didn't like trial their EOV um, ecological outcome verification on our vineyard. So that's where it started and the pandemic hit. Um, so our baseline study was a little bit later that year, but it was in Ju- early June of 2020. Um, and we, it was great. I mean, we had this, we can go into detail about what our baseline um, oh, yeah. really looked like, but 
I mean, it's pretty comprehensive. Um, it was quite amazing. Um, and got, that's where we, we, we got started. verified. We got verified uh, one year later. One year later, and launched the first land to market verified wines. Yes. Nice. Outcome based regeneration in a bottle. Mariah Vineyard. Yeah. <laughs> So that's, that's up to date, pretty. I mean, pretty much. Um, of right, where and land yeah, land. there's well, and, and I know some. You, it's it has, uh, you know, what, what's the word? Sort of, uh, what am I trying to say? It has inspired you in in some other directions. I think it is sort of. I was trying to look for a pun having to do with growing yes. things, but sprouting new ideas have sprouted. Um, yes, but, and, and for me personally, like I mean, not just through the pandemic, really, but just in general, like. I, I'm, I find myself, you know, feeling <laughs> like I can do more good working in this regenerative agriculture space, um, you know, within my family's vineyard, but also beyond that, than I can right now <laughs> in a broken healthcare system. So that's my personal thing is I'm really drawn to this right now is really getting me through this kind of hard time, um, working in the, um, you know, Western healthcare system. Yeah, it's a bit of balancing act. Can I ask you, do you, are you, has it changed, like, has it changed the way that you see what you're doing in the sense that w when somebody comes in, you are now thinking, you know what, this is, th they're here because of the way yeah. that our food is grown in this Oh country. my God, absolutely. And I'm, you know, the reason I'm still in a space like this is because at the end of the day, with trauma and major medical, there is nothing better than Western medicine to fix your heart or fix the hole or whatever it is, um, right. or pump you full of epi to restart your heart. Like these things, no amount of you know healthy soil can fix those kind of things. Um, yeah. But almost a majority of what walks through those doors, I have a really hard time because I see that our food system are so is broken. Our soil is completely degraded and, and toxic and it's making us sick. Um, I mean, there are amazing people out there really like waving the flags about this. You know, there's, you know, Zach Bush, there's um, um, Daphne, Miller. Daphne Miller. Like there's a lot of um, med like medically trained doctors and that are really understanding this, this real connection between the land, the soil, our health, our gut microbiome. And we, <laughs> so I'm very, very intrigued with that. And, um, I, you know, we met with Laura Katena quite a few years ago. She's a, she used to be an ER doctor. She's retired now actually, but, yeah. um, she told me, and she's, you know, she's leading she, the way with her family. She's working for, yeah. yeah, she works. She's retired as an ER doctor. Yes. And she told me this a couple of years ago and she was like, you know, I find myself in these resuscitation rooms thinking about the sustainability work she's doing on her vineyards and things like that. And, and she just was like, I feel like I can do more good in this agriculture space than I can in this trauma room right now or whatever resuscitation she was in. And she decided to shift gears. And I feel like I'm approaching that in, or I need to find another space in healthcare where I can integrate these other ideas um, better. Um, but right now I'm just trying to balance all the things that we're working on. So, um, but yes, you're absolutely right. It's, it's really inspiring me to like get my hands dirty and, and, and really, um, integrate, find a way to integrate my, my, um, 
I guess, healthcare skill set with um, my love of soil and regeneration. So we'll see where it goes. <laughs> I can tell you the emergency room is a really hard place to be when you have a, when, you know, when you're looking at things the way I'm seeing the world now. Um, so I don't know what the answer is, and but I'm definitely feel that I can do more good in this space of uh, working to accelerate regenerative agriculture somehow, working on my family's my family's vineyard. Um, I think I can do a lot more good than I can kind of, I don't know, spinning my wheels in the emergency room right now. Um, but I mean, I think there's a lot of really good stuff. People are really starting to understand this interconnection of obviously, you know, planetary health as well as human health is so interconnected to our soil. Um, and we really need to focus on our soil. And it isn't just, it is very, very integral to the overall health and well-being of everything on our planet, including ourselves. Um, so yeah, I'm that interconnection is a personal, like, um, I don't know, I guess passion. And oh, yeah, we'll see. Definitely. We'll see where it ends up for me. But right now I'm just trying to balance all the things, you know, Mariah dirt and, um, and, uh, my ER job. This is not your, uh, retirement from nursing announcement podcast. No, no, not at all. I do love my job. I work with some of the most amazing people. I mean, I, I'm still very much like, I love, I love my job. And, um, so all of my jobs. Of course, yeah. Well, I love everything that you were saying. I wonder, I just had a interview um my most recent podcast uh, two ago with dr david montgomery and Anne beclay um who wrote what your food ate have you guys read that book are you aware of that i am aware of that i haven't had a chance to read it yet and i actually started listening to that that your podcast <laughs> yeah they're great yeah. it's uh they are great and they i mean dirt and soil is what they're all about and that book is the one where you can clearly see, like, if you if you read their books in sequence, the, this rabbit hole and where it's led them, you know. Mm. And now they're at, you know, at this point where it clearly is connected to nutrition and human health, and that's what your food aid is about. You know, how I mean, it, what it's about is really how we grow, like how we farm actually affects the nutritional content of our food, and and all the studies that are showing that. But Really, yeah, the calories and all the calorie. Yeah, I think exactly, yeah. exactly. Like we yeah, figured awesome. out how to make calories, but we haven't figured out how to make nutrition mm -hmm. uh, yet. I mean, well, I mean, I think we do. We have figured out, and you guys are part of that. Um, that's part of the regenerative soil initiatives. But um, yeah, it's it's very cool to to see that connection from your perspective, from this, from the from the healthcare perspective. I love hearing that, and. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's it's just a fascinating thing. I, I didn't even think we would talk about that, but that's so, so amazing. Um, let's yeah, go I mean, back. Hopefully, hopefully doctors are now being trained a little bit more in nutrition or even soil health or things like that. Eventually, yeah. you know. Well, and a couple other things. I mean, if anything, with this podcast, I just put it out there for the world listening. <laughs> I want what you said to become true, which is that farmers get their due, that farmers become cool. Because I know like the same thing when I was growing up, it's like, you know, the, like it is literally like a hierarchical low, lower class to be a farmer. Um, you know, the way that I was, you know, the way that 
it's thought of as you're thinking about what direction you want to take in in high school, for example? Do you want to take the college prep classes? Do you want to, you know what I mean? That mm-hmm. whole sense of, oh, you don't go to that school. That's an ag school kind of thing. Like you don't want to go, you know, it's, that's not like a, a university or whatever. And it doesn't have, and it's like, that stuff is so toxic and so unproductive. And now we're reaping that, you know, like literally reaping that and, and figuratively. And I, yeah, if, if by making farm, if, if I in any way can make farmers cooler and farming more sexy with this podcast, I hope to, it's one of my great wishes. So I'm glad you brought that up. And that was, that was something that they said that was mentioned at the regenerative earth summit. I think it was even Will Harris or somebody said something about, we've got to make farmers famous the way, you know, chefs chefs were in the past. They were line cooks and play no chefs. Chefs were not, no, right. they just cooked food places and people bought it or didn't buy it, you know, and, and now chefs, I mean, I don't even know how many TV shows are about chefs. I mean, it's yeah. ridiculous and amazing, but like what, what, like farmers feed the entire world, you know, they grow the food yeah. they do. I mean, they're, but they're the ones with their backs to the wall with, I mean, what are they, you know, farmers financially, yeah. financially are just at the bottom of the food chain, literally. And, and then, you know, yeah, it's just, but I think it's, it's awesome. There would be amazing stories to tell, you know, yeah. Well, it's it's... uh, the, the day of a farmer with welding and fixing and farming and, that's pretty, pretty, pretty awesome, actually. Because I mean, yeah. even just my dad. I mean, he's. I mean, my whole. I mean, he's been a farm. Or first, he was a truck driver. Um, you know, I've backed up more miles than you've driven forward. Is the <laughs> thing I've grown up with. But and then my response is, I've driven more miles on the other side of the road than you have because I've lived <laughs> in other countries. But um, uh, anyways, but he, you know, he is. He's a farmer, but he's. I mean, he's an electrician, he's a welder, he is a mechanic, um, he is constantly having to fix things, and especially where we are, I mean, out this really far out rural vineyard, like there's no John Deere tractor store down the road, you know? Um, yeah. So he has to haul his stuff like far away to get things fixed, or he's learned to fix them. So uh, yeah. being a farmer is like a jack of all trades, you know? Right. Um, it's a problem so... solver, right? It's a, on, I mean, that's, yeah. Like and, and the other thing that I think is really, people aren't, people haven't thought about it this way, which is how farmers take on literally all the risk and get the yes. lowest reward for that. Like in any other, any other form of investing, the person who takes the most risk gets the biggest reward. And that's completely flipped for farming. Farmer takes yes. all the risk and all they have to, you know, and the, the buyers uh, and, and the seller of products to these people, the seller of seed, they take no risk. You know, I mean, they get to just mm-hmm. cash out whatever. And then they get, you know, the commodity market prices are set for the products, which have no sometimes relation to, you know, the risk that the farmer has taken to get to that point where they actually have a product and how much product they have because of all of those risks that they've taken. Yeah. And they usually I, I, sell it at really I, low prices. I think, I think especially if, uh, in viticulture too, where everything goes back to uh, appellations too, you know, with pricing, uh, it depends where you grow uh, and uh, you have your tonnage prices and then it's mostly 
you know, doesn't really depend if you farm organically or it's more based on supply and demand and where you grow. Right. Or where the yeah, winery I... is located. It doesn't even have to do with where it's grown, right? So a winery in a high-end appellation can pull right. their fruit from wherever they want and the brand, you know, that's regardless the lack of, the of fact that they've just Yeah, regardless of the fact that they've nuked the soil with glyphosate and they spray, you know, mm-hmm. just systemic fungicides like on the regular and yeah don't you know whatever there's no sense of uh anything other than it's napa it's you know whatever hal mountain or whatever and and Um, that's what's really interesting about the 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 world of wine i think too and like this is conversations michael and i've had quite a bit recently is is you know in the wine industry you know i mean there's so much communication out there but everybody speaks about terroir and this sense of place in the soil and the, you know, they taste all the, you know, all this, I'm, I'm not a winemaker. I don't know, but like, you know, you, the consumers, everybody's so enthralled with this terroir, but yet, you know, nobody's really focusing on the actual soil or the actual place that the fruit is come from, coming from. So, yeah. you know, I mean, yes, you know, being in the industry, you understand a single vineyard designate, but most consumers just look at a label and buy a bottle. Like, and if it's a winery from, you know, Paso Robles or Napa or wherever it is, or, you know, they aren't really concerned with where the, the grapes are being grown or coming from, but they've got a lot to say about terroir, but they don't understand where it comes from. And, you know, like, it's important to know where your food comes from. Why isn't it also just as important to know where the grapes are coming from that go into your wines, you know? Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I, um, I mean, I'm just going to throw this out there as a, if, if you are a winemaker who doesn't farm, so I know we're going to be talking a lot about farming, but if you aren't a farmer, but you're a winemaker and you're responsible for buying grapes, I think one of the most important regenerative, you know, positive practices that you can do is to contract for entire vineyards or entire vineyard blocks rather than for by the ton so that you and in exchange for the farmer farming in a good way you know like if you're like you can if you commit to relieving the farmer of the risk of out you know the yield uh for that block or vineyard i don't know and i would love to hear your guys thoughts about this but if you relieve the farm of that risk in exchange for asking them to, you know, stop using, you know, whatever it is, systemic chemicals or glyphosate or whatever the practice is that you're trying to regenerate, that to me just seems like the way to go. Like, you know, be part of the solution as as somebody who has the power to buy grapes, who chooses to buy grapes, you know, don't buy buy the ton, buy, you know, commit to a block and take some of that risk, take all that Absolutely, risk yeah. for yield. Well, I think... I, I think in in our in our conversations that we have as as the first uh, savory pilot, uh, several vineyards reached out and and we had discussion and and the biggest the biggest barrier to to transition to regenerative farming practices is actually the money side because you know uh, we discussed that previously. Uh, it doesn't mean that when I farm organically that I get a higher price. You know, consumers are willing to pay a, a premium, a, a premium for organic for organic products in the grocery store, uh, but uh, that's not how how real life is in the wine industry, unfortunately. Yeah. 
So, so I think the financial side is, is, is really important. But what we realized is that the only way uh, that that works is by supply and demand. Yeah. So we weren't able so far that that we that the winery uh, came to us and said, you know, I I take this block and I pay you a premium and and do that. Uh, it's it's more you have a, a bigger demand and and then you can ask for higher price. Yeah, that it's is always a... it's always this this. Uh, it would be absolutely amazing if it would be, and then there's the reality and. Uh, the, but I feel yeah. like some yeah. winemakers are really taking that on. I mean, they're sure. in order to, you know, maybe not necessarily. I mean, I think some winemakers are really starting to really pay attention to to the farming practices that are happening on the ground of the fruit that they buy. Um, you know, we've we've definitely had winemakers discussing different vineyard practices such as like tipping and leafing and certain things that they do or don't want in their blocks. Um, But then, you know, as a farmer, you're farming your entire property very differently and for so many rows for this winemaker. And so, you know, so. Yeah, no, but but, but that's, but that's also, but that's also amazing. So, uh, so I, I, I didn't mean that in, in a negative way. So we, uh, we farm organically. We we are dry farmed. We are on two thousand four hundred feet. Uh, we have uh, a lot of acidity in our fruit. Uh, we have at certain spot organic matter of twelve percent. Wow. Uh, so so and these are all arguments that 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 actually resulted in an increase of demand and in uh, in in an increase of profitability. Yeah, and what I mentioned before, and we can back it up through outcomes through the land-to-market verification. So it's it, not just claims; it's actual facts. And the other thing, too, on a side note, is you know we are relatively cool climate, high ele- higher elevation, um, and I mean, knock on wood, we haven't been terribly. Um, had some big problems from any smoke we've had a lot of you know there's been a lot of fires in northern california yeah um, for the last couple of years um so that has pushed a lot of wineries um big and small to to source fruit um from other places including mendocino county um i'm not saying that's right. the sole reason but um it's really mendocino county i think is really kind of um uh you know, being put on the map because of those kind of things has been a lot more sourcing from up there. Um, yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. And I, I know prices, obviously, like as real estate prices continue to climb in Napa and Sonoma, great prices mirror mm-hmm. that. And, you know, there's <laughs> there's there's only so many consumers that can pay $100 for a bottle of wine. You oh, know, yeah, sure. $200. And yeah. at a certain point, if you're trying to sell wine, you need to make that wine for less so that you can sell it for less. And I yeah. know Mendocino then becomes a more attractive option if, you're, if, you're, if your real estate for your winery is Sonoma or Napa. And, um, and Mendocino too, I mean, on the grand scheme of things, is a much more rural county. Um, I'm not here like selling Mendocino fruit or anything, but you know, um, these vineyards are very, they're very much more spread out. Like for, for example, like our vineyard on the top of this mountaintop, um, there is no farming system anywhere near us. Um, I mean, the closest thing is, is there's a, is actually another vineyard, a part of this Mendocino Ridge Appalachian 
Um, and I mean, by the way, the crow flies, it's still like like a couple miles away. So we don't have drift. So when we say we're farming organically and regeneratively, like we don't have anything really, um, you know, <laughs> polluting our right. air or our soil or our water. Cause, and fortunately, you're, you're- I mean, we're in a very, you know, unique little Island up there, but, um, you know, we're the top of the watershed. Um, so it's also very important that we aren't polluting into the watershed, right. um, being the top of that, of that mountain. Um, but at least, I, you know, so I'm just making, you know, a perspective, at least for, for Mariah Vineyards, um, is, is quite a unique spot in the agricultural world, um, because it is so rural. Like, have you, have you considered, uh, bees? <laughs> so because it sounds like you could yes. potentially even make organic honey with yes. uh, you know so being because you're so isolated. Quest. Yes, I have been on a quest for like the last two years, reaching out to local bee people, and with the pandemic, I think got a little bit. You know, people were anyway. Um, yeah. But recently, a couple months ago, this local girl in Fort Bragg finally wrote me back. Part of this Mendocino Coastal Beekeeper folks, and she was like, "I'm super interested," because I was just like, "Hey." I don't really, I've got a lot going on. I just didn't really know how to like take on beekeeping um, necessarily. And obviously grapes, you know, grapevines don't need um, right. uh, pollination. Yeah. But um, just for, I mean, anybody who's probably listened to this probably understands that like bees are really, really important and they're really in danger. And we need to do what we can to save bees, to save our food system, to save all. I mean, it's a very, it's a kingpin species here. Um, so I, this girl wrote me back and she was super interested in treatment free beekeeping. She's, um, she's amazing. She's uh, really extremely cool. passionate and, and, and so, so, so really a possibility, uh, to, to start a regenerative approach. Yeah. So, so regenerative beekeeping. So, uh, we have a single hive at the moment, um, which All right. we'll it in the spring i mean we have a lot of our i mean we have a lot of bees around any like just native bees um but we did we have a hive um they're doing okay um they're on top of like one of our old shops just because we have bears um which unfortunately just rolled over our fences after harvest last year no we have them back up now and no way we have them in there again um so so we, to protect this hive, we have it up on top of a, of a shed, but yes, we just are entering it and I'm super open to learning as much as I can about, about, uh, being yeah. through Kaylin. Um, so we'll there, keep, keep you posted on that. Yeah, no, there's a really good, um, I'm, I'm just, I know this is totally random, but since you're thinking about it and I'm, and we're talking, <laughs> there's a really good regenerative forestry or no, it's not regen. Yeah, it's like regenerative agroforestry, or it's agroforestry podcast uh, put out by I think University of Missouri or cool. something like that. Hey, just to confirm, if you are interested, it is called the Agroforestry Podcast, put out by the University of Missouri Center for Agroforestry. They cover all of these topics. They do an amazing episode about beekeeping and how to just essentially create start beekeeping with wild bees by you know essentially what you're doing you you put up a little swarm trap um which is just a home for a swarm to find up in a tree you know in the mm-hmm. spring or whenever they're swarming and and then you can just you know 
bring them down and put them into a box and you don't have to like buy a queen or anything like that. You're just, you're basically providing housing for bees and awesome. letting the wild, letting the wild bees move in. Anyway, it's, it's a great episode. You'd get ton of great information from it if you want to check cool. it out. Um, and anybody else listening, it's actually a really great agroforestry. Uh, it sounds like you guys are in that position where you, you're, you're doing perennial, you know, regenerative agriculture and, and in the middle of forests. So you could probably apply a lot of that in, in the same way. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. well, I want to jump back because maybe you, you, you guys were, were, were touching on a lot of the stuff and, and uh, maybe a good way into this is something that you said when you were sort of talking about how you got to this point and how, and your, your father's reaction, Nicole, to saying, Hey, this is, you're so excited and you've learned all the stuff. Your minds have been blown and you're like, let's do this. And he's like, all right, what do I have to do? So what was that process like? And what did you have to do? Like, what, what did you, what did he, what was the process like working with him and, and him, has he warmed up to it? And have there, have you guys, but, heads and what was his perspective on all of this stuff i'd love to hear that just from that you know what, what you mentioned before uh, we started recording about just the generational thing that can happen with farms and is happening a lot now and 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 to lead that into what the practices are that you actually initiated and and started measuring and and those kind of things um yeah i mean yeah i mean michael and i both you know mind blown with regenerative agriculture um, and not having our own land, we, <laughs> right. went, we went to my parents and we were like, guys, this is amazing. We got to do this. And, you know, my mom, like before even finishing the sentence was like, yep. Okay. On board. Let's go. And um, my dad, like I mentioned, was like, oh, what do I have to do differently? <laughs> you know, cause um, so it, you know, to be, to be honest, he, I mean, uh, he could tell the exact year, but um, oh, he's, he's, amazing. Been, he's been farming. He's amazing. They have been up there farming. I don't know if you want to call it sustainable or, I mean, they were verified or certified sustainable and stuff. Um, but they, I mean, he is, was for him that, that, that vineyard that he, him and my mom have put their, you know, blood, sweat and tears into is I mean that is everything to my to my dad. You really you really have to you really have to come up to the to the vineyard and and check it out to understand that everything is organized, precise, clean. Uh, this, no, this is a Swiss person saying this. So that's no, I, I, <laughs> I, I really love working with him. You know, so so it's absolutely awesome. So for us, the transition wasn't wasn't really big. Uh, to to get to get the verification, I think the biggest change is a mindset yes. change. Mm. It, it's more to go from uh, reactive measurements to 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 proactive. be proactive. So what we did is uh, we integrated sheep into our farming system. Uh, we increased the biodiversity uh, in the vineyard with, with uh, perennials uh, and other seeds and on the backfield around. Uh, we, uh, the biggest change that we actually did is uh, we started, we, we don't cultivate underneath the wine rows anymore. So we didn't disc anyway. 
uh, but now we don't we don't cultivate underneath the wine row, so you don't have bare soil anywhere on the vineyard. So yeah, that, I would say, like Michael mentioned, the biggest thing is that shift in in mindset. Because, um, like I said, he you know was he was already keeping a very like his his cover crop mix. You know, he keeps an eye on what he needs in his soil. He's got actually a lot of nitrogen in his soil, so he wants to pull. You know, he he adapts his cover crop mix anyways right. um so and in in our save in our land to market baseline we realized our you know uh our biodiversity could be a little bit better in the vineyard um we do obviously mow um and uh it, after, we, and, after, bud break, after yeah. bud break yeah um and then right. yeah the big that, one what, of our what, biggest things was actually this vine row um so he was using a undercutter um, but right. which was, you know, laying over a mulch and, and things like that. Um, but the thought to not do or to just mow, um, was like a big hurdle for my dad. Um, and it was this big discussion because for him, he's like, I'm dry farming. I don't want to have, you know, um, you know, cover grasses, pulling, pulling water from my vines. And I was like, dad, remember that conversation that you told me your vines are like on their way to China, like way deep in the soil, you know, like this, <laughs> we are talking like the top couple of inches versus deeps. Like your right. vines are so deep into, you know, a completely different water source. This is actually right. going to keep more water in your soil and, you know, not let it get so hot and all these things. And, um, sequester more carb and all those things. And that just like, it took so long to just create like enough space also, for him to understand a different perspective of looking at things. It's also an optical thing, you know, so you try to bring back nature and nature just is is wild. wild and biodiverse and and, and <laughs> looks and, messy. Yeah. 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 And, and, and uh, when you look back, how vineyards how vineyards look, or when you when you drive down uh, to to Paso Robles and then farther and stuff, and you look at the vineyards, it's it's organized, it's mowed, it's cultivated, it's bare soil and stuff. So it's definitely not it's definitely not wild and biodiverse. Right. So. Yeah. so yeah, that was the one of our. I mean, no. Yeah. So are you were you able to? How how were you able to create space for him? I mean, was it just? I mean, were you able to show that there wasn't competition after a vintage or two, where you're like, sort of, let's try this out and you'll see, or you know, kind of thing? Or how how did that work? Or and did you have any results that you could show him to convince him? You know, um, honestly, what was the? This is a couple of years ago now because I I was butting heads with him about it and. Um, at the end of the day, my mom, who really doesn't pull rank and really doesn't, you know, she kind of, you know, is usually doesn't speak up too much. Uh, and she was like, you're not, you're not going to cultivate that. But road. it's, but there's, but there's also, there's a, there's a sp second perspective to that. My wife and I, we have different perspectives from time to and time. Now <laughs> so uh, uh, there's a second perspective because... To go to to go down this regenerative path uh, has two reasons, or we did it out of two reasons. One reason is 
Uh, as I mentioned before, it's it's amazing you bring back biodiversity, sequestering carbon. It's the right thing to do. You preserve uh, ecosystems or you build up ecosystems for future generation. That's that's one thing. The other thing is uh, we were actually able to differentiate our vineyard in the ocean of wine. So through this uh, through this uh, savory land to market path. Uh, we are outcome-based verified. We are the only vineyard in California that, that has this seal. Uh, we can uh-huh. prove regeneration. We increase demand and, and we increase our profitability. And, and these are reasons that, that, that are pretty convincing to change some, some farming practices too. Got it. Yeah, so there is a, a, like an economic financial benefit as well that you could dangle as a carrot there where mm-hmm. you get you get this you get a marketing opportunity yeah you don't have to sell over price because right. uh, prices are not mind-blowing anyway uh, yeah. so so if you can differentiate and if you can create value uh, not only value for for mariah vineyards also uh, value for for the winemakers and the producers that buy fruit from us uh, so we were able this year. We we got the seal. We have the seal on our on our bottles because our land is verified. And in this year, we were actually able to uh, to provide the land to market seal to the wineries uh, that want to use it. That that make, that, single, vineyard that, that make uh, single vineyard wines out of it. So right. we really try to create value along uh, along the supply chain. That's but great. Was- yeah, no, I think that's part of. I mean, I was just talking about this uh, recently where it's, you know, that is the great thing about some of these regenerative practices or all of these regenerative practices. It really is win-win. Like a, a lot of times it reduces costs, increases revenue and does good for the world. <laughs> so you get. Yeah. And, it's, yeah. And, in, and in California, especially it creates, you're building climate resilience. Yeah, I was just going to say you build yeah. a lot of resilience with that biodiversity. I mean, and that's finally the and that's finally the thing that decides if you are in business or if you are not anymore in business in the future. So, yeah, and, yeah, and you that's... can really see it just in the last couple of years. Like, I mean, when I was a kid, I probably didn't pay as much attention as I do now. But like, even just in the last couple of years, like the there is more butterflies. There is spiders all over in the vineyard. Like there is like the leaves are of the vines just look awesomely healthy and lush. Not that they didn't before, but there is just like, there's something like alive, like about the entire, the entire place, you know, um, that feels, you know, like it's just, it's buzzing, you know? And, and I think that, that, that is amazing that you can like have a, you know, a vineyard and, and create a crop, um, and do it like in harmony with the with your ecosystem, um, and I think that's really really important. Um, I like that's I, also really fulfilling to yeah. farm like that. So yeah, um, I, so I really as much as I as much as I love everything else that you guys have done, I love the dry farming. You know, especially now in California, <laughs> I really love it. Yeah. I, I mean, I really think when we talk about terroir, that really has to be part of the discussion like to leave like to 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 talk about terroir when you just have a a vineyard that relies on irrigation for existence is kind of Mm. bullshit frankly there was Um, a we uh 
we visited several regenerative pioneers uh, a few years ago, and uh, we went also down to uh, Tablas Creek. Uh, and it was really interesting. They they pulled they pulled uh, a vineyard, and they had actually two rootstocks there. Uh, one was on a drip, and one was dry farmed. And it was extremely impressive to see how the roots developed on the ground. So uh, mm. the, uh, with irrigation, they were shallow uh, along the dripper. Horizontal. <laughs> Horizontal. Wow. And the dry farmed, and the dry farmed really went like deep, four deep, feet, deep, six deep, feet deep, deep, so, deep. Wow. So I, I 100% agree uh, with that, that when you speak about a terroir and an expression of place, uh, that deep roots are are probably the way to go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. Um, well, what are what are some of the outcomes that are looked at by the land to market verification? Can you talk about the the sort of the big ones and what what that looks like in your vineyard? Uh, soil health is is a big part uh, ecosystem function and biodiversity are are pillars uh, and it's and it's amazing so 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 it's amazing uh, uh, a verifier comes to your land uh, and then uh, you define short-term sites and long-term sites and then you take different soil samples and you do water infiltration they do it, rates they do it. And you are on your knees and you're counting biodiversity <laughs> in your vineyard. But wait, can I just say we helped do it because yeah. we wanted to. As a farmer, you don't have to come and do, just as an FYI. Like <laughs> farmers it, are busy and they don't want to sit on the computer and they surely don't want to like, you know, count grasses right. along a yeah. transect <laughs> line either. So um, we did it because we were super interested. Uh, my dad... Yeah, he was on the tractor or whatever. Um, just yeah, <laughs> he had other things to do. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, yeah but you have a you have a pretty good you have a pretty good uh, overview over your land, and it's in pers it's and it's in uh, perspective of of your ecosystem that you're in. So what? what it's in what, context. It, it's in context. That's my that's a language per year. I'm sorry. It's in context with you, with your ecosystem. You know, I think yeah. you can't. I think there is not uh, one solution fits all, you know. So we have we have sixty to ninety inches of rain, right? So uh, we have we have timber soils. You can't farm this place the same way like you farm a vineyard with three inches in Passerobles, you know. Right. Right. So yeah. so so and that's really that that's what was really intriguing for us. So it's in context with the ecosystems and it's result-based. So nobody comes to you and says, don't do that. It's a, a result. After one year, you measure it again, and then you see if you actually improved or not. Got it. Do they continue to come back after that first year? Is it... Yeah, sure. yes. Okay, so it's you, you have to year. continue to... Now, what happens if you know your soil organic matter diminishes from one year to the next do you get do you lose your certification i, I, I know uh, i'm asking kind of a stupid question but you know i just no wanna... no no it's uh it's it's a good question uh 
So the whole the whole monitoring results in uh, uh, ecological health index and organic matter is one part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's so. So if you decrease there, you increase in other stuff. Uh, you're still you're still improving, and everything is in context with uh, a reference site in the ecosystem. So you can actually see climate impacts, and and they 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 count for it. So, but ultimately, it. these um, every fa- so a lot of things take time to 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 change or regenerate. Um, you know, your soil is going to fluctuate year to year, but that's where they do the bigger um, long term studies and the like. I guess more thorough soil. Ass- testing is every five years actually and not every single year because otherwise you'd be like fluctuating back and forth all the time on these kind of short (laughs) short site right so it's not to say that so really like you have to give you know nature and your soil and your your farming system the time to adapt um but every they just have different metrics for the annual like um monitoring and then the the five-year kind of back to doing another i guess you could call it's not really a baseline but it's another much more thorough um monitoring that happens on the five-year mark and we just passed our our three-year mark but but it's but it but it's awesome it's based on the results it's not based on on practices so there's uh, no computer time. <laughs> we uh, we nice. I I personally I don't personally understand uh, how you can get uh, uh, certifications based on tracking processes. Yeah, I I understand it, but you know, if you're a heavy smoker and you smoke twenty cigarettes and then suddenly you only smoke eighteen a day, you know, and then you get a cert- uh, a sustainable certification for it, I don't really. <laughs> Get, I don't really get that. And then what I loved on the Sabre Institute is really they they didn't really care how much that I smoke. They looked at my lungs and yeah. they looked at my lungs are good and clean and healthy and stuff. And then you get the certification. Oh, that's a good analogy. I like that. Um, you mentioned earlier that nitrogen might be too plentiful in the vineyard. And do you want to talk about what that caused? I know that that you're probably talking about excessive vigor and vegetative growth, which can diminish wine quality. Is that correct? Yes, and uh, so, we have we have so much nitrogen in our soil because we have a field of clover. <laughs> we have rose clover, it. we got have it. crimson clover, and uh, and Dan seeded nitrogen and, fixers, right? Yeah, and Dan seeded that years ago, and it comes back every year, and it's it's beautiful. Lovely. So you could be in a position where you want to not necessarily decrease organic matter, but maybe that would be the result to increase wine quality. Is that realistic? Am I? Am I? I mean, I don't think we would. I mean, I, I don't think decreasing soil organic matter is, is necessarily the target. I think it's more about just no, balancing, balancing the nutrients in the soil a little and bit. And the wine, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and you know, the, in the last couple of years, we've been, um, we currently do not have our own sheep, um, but we contract graze sheep um, into in the vineyard, um, which is awesome. <laughs> and yeah. I, that was a really big piece of our um, step 
um, into um, this regenerative space is, I mean, sheep are just, I mean, or animal integration, I should say, um, is amazing um, because they're these little, these sheep, you know, they're these awesome little compost fermenting machines out there that are, you know, cycling your nutrients for you um, and they're mowing your grass. Um, and my dad will remind me many times that he still has to mow his grass later in the season after bud break and all these things, but they do, they, they are awesome. They, you know, they're able to cycle your cover crop nutrients right back there on the spot into your soil. Um, and I think that that is incredibly valuable um, as a way to integrate um, other fertilizers into and your nutrients back into that like local cycle. Um, I so. think I think about fruit quality. I think the biggest two things that that happened where we increased fruit quality is the dry farming aspect. It's, uh, it definitely lowered the yields, but it increased quality and uh, no chemical use, definitely too. Wow. Yeah. Well, since you brought up no chemical use, let's, let's talk about that. So since this land market is outcome-based, technically you could judiciously use chemicals, I imagine, as long as it doesn't impact these things that get measured. Um, I know you choose not to. And I just wanted to sort of talk about that because that could be one of the criticisms. Uh, I mean, the, the criticism of organic, I would say, is that a conventional person can just sort of not have a shift in mindset and just change the products that they're using. And they can just substitute out, exactly. you know, whatever for some, whatever agrochemical in a bottle for whatever organic chemical in a bottle um, and continue to do the same kind of practices. And so, copper, uh, yeah, I, copper is not great. Uh, <laughs> and it's organic. I, uh, yeah. uh, I think with the results that are getting measured by the ecological outcome verification, you see the impacts of chemicals. So right, right. Uh, you see, you see, you see the results in soil health, uh, in soil life. You see the results in biodiversity. You see the results in bare soil. So chemical use will definitely influence uh, influence your your outcomes. Right. You'd uh, be shooting yourself in the foot, kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. and and I think we both agree that that the path forward to regeneration and soil health is 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 uh, no is no pesticides and and, and chemical use. I think this discussion is is really interesting, and uh, but also think that it's a bit hypocritical because when you when you speak about soil health and you put everything on the head on no chemical use, but you don't start a, a discussion about heavy copper use in your vineyard uh, or about tractor passes, uh, an and organic uh, uh, an organic product. I think then. It's not a hundred percent transparent. So, yeah, yeah, that's a really good point too. And that's the other thing too. Like, there was an article a couple of years ago. I remember reading about is organic. I mean, I'm not like I think organic. I mean, I'm hundred percent about organic farming. But it was this article that really Re-farm made, made me made me like start having a couple of questions around like it was a it was about like is organic farming really carbon farming, right? 
um, and mm. what is carbon farming anyways. But like ultimately this idea that, you know, when you're organically farming and whatever, you know, you decide to put in your sprayer that's organic, that isn't conventional or, you know, sulfur or whatever, but you know, you have to get, or a stylet oil or whatever, and you have to get out there every seven to eight days to stay on top of this. Now your diesel tractor is compacting your ground. You know, it's um, obviously polluting. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, you're depending on fossil fuels. Like there's, there's a lot of other components that I think, um, you know, solely looking at farming organically is one part of a larger picture of, of farming um, with much more of like a, I don't know, regenerative or holistic approach about how do I minimize these um, effects or, or, you know, tractor, make it more efficient yet impactful right, and so don't spray, you know, it's, it's a hard line to walk, uh, you know. Another thought is how, you know, what's the goal? Right. Is the goal to advance regenerative agriculture and change the world? Uh, then you have to then you have to find a spot where the where the farmer is now and you really have to guide them uh, on this path. Or is your goal to certify to to certify the regenerative farms that are out there already? So mm. and and that would intrigue me. So I'm I'm against chemical use absolutely uh we would see it in our outcomes but uh i think an outcome based solution is is the is the path forward to actually transform a viticulture uh that's a really great point yeah that you bring up a solution yeah you could be a great sustainable farmer like your like your parents nicole for years and and so the the moodle the 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 moodle (laughs) that's a fun word the needle doesn't need to move very far in in terming in determining these outcomes like you you know a few mm-hmm. changes of practices maybe eliminate a, a chemical here or there and you know that's those are the big changes not not big changes at all versus but if you're measuring outcomes that applies to somebody like you and your situation but it also applies to somebody who's just been you know nuking <laughs> their farm chemicals yeah. and and all they and they can stop using a few of those chemicals and see a, a big improvement from exactly. year to year. And, and so it reaches them where they are as well. Um, and that's still doing good. It's moving the needle in the right direction. I love it's, that. that is a, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah, but not nuking. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's still regenerative, you know, so. Right. No, I, I just, I mean, like somebody who is at that point where they're maybe the worst possible farming we could imagine that's still considered farming and yet it can apply to them because they are, if they take a few steps, yeah. if they start taking steps in the right direction, sure, they're going to be way behind somebody who like your parents and their transition, but they're moving in the right direction and you can measure that. And so it's a, it's a way to encourage so it, like. it's also when you speak with farmers on the ground uh it doesn't mean so it, they want to have a backup you know right that when right. that when uh, shit hits the fan and and you're really close to losing your crop uh and then you grab back and and you use something to save your crop you know that's that that's a big argument in 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 our discussions that that we have with and, all and, sorts and of i rather have a farmer 
that is spraying once something to save his crop and then a farmer that is driving 20 times with his sprayer to the vineyard and is putting out copper uh, a heavy metal during the year you know i can i can guarantee you that when you look at the outcomes that the guy that sprays once will have better soil life results than the guy that drives 20 times with his tractor with copper through the vineyard right Got and I've, that's probably not something that I should say. And I'm definitely, and I'm definitely not uh, a fan of chemicals. That's why we farm organically, uh, but we are not certified uh, because these are costs that um, you know no winery yeah. is willing to pay me more just because I have a certification. And like you mentioned earlier, the so farmers... but 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 we still but we still have the possibility to grab back if 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 really everything falls apart right sorry nicole what were you gonna say oh i was just gonna say yeah you know the the farmer and you know their livelihood is is that crop so um in in most cases i mean i know in the vineyard world um i mean i don't have stats to back this up but i just had a couple months ago a recent discussion with my dad about just vineyards around like our area you know and realizing that like my dad is like an anomaly in this in like in a, like our local there's i and guess i'm the, just really like understanding the viticulture world that like very few people are really kind of doing it all like he is up there on that mountaintop um which you could argue you is crazy that? um huh what do you mean by that doing it all i mean he him and my i mean they are farming that property I mean, he is on the tractor. He is, we don't, I mean, he, he gets crews here and there when he can, but he doesn't have a vineyard management company. He is the owner, operator, farmer, like, you know, everything. Michael, you know, Michael's up there farming with him, but ultimately it's just them. You know what I mean? There is not this big resource behind. Um, and that is something that like, I just figured, because I grew up like that, that that's just how vineyards were. <laughs> and um, I think that those, those you know, family rooted, like all on the ground, you know, everybody helping out is, 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 a, is more rare than I thought it was. Um, yeah. And yeah, so I'm happy to, to get to be part of the story of, you know, moving Mariah Vineyards into the future and into um, this regenerative farming space. Like I'm really proud of the work that um, Michael and I have been able to successfully accomplish with my parents. Um, and it's 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 a balancing act. It's challenging. <laughs> I mean, I talk to my dad all the time. I usually catch him at like six thirty in the morning on my way to work. Uh, you know. Driving to the hospital is when he's awake and already out on the tractor or whatever, and we can have discussions about important things that we need to get done or talk about. And then, you know, I find myself often sitting in the hospital thinking about this compost application or these other things that I've been working on um, and leading back to, you know, balancing all these things. But I'm really, really proud of of the efforts that him and my mom have put into to really like oh, it's awesome to really support this this process and move in this direction um because i think it's really important and they agree they they do know that it is important for you know 
the sustainability and long-term, you know, resilience of the farm that my parents and have the built business. and the business, but have built out of, you know, literally just a mountaintop, you know, and what yeah. they've created up there, like, I'm not willing to let that fall apart. Um, mm. And I think the way forward is to farm regeneratively in, you know, harmony with our ecosystem and do our best to create resilience and increase biodiversity and bring back bees and butterflies and create mind-blowing, you know, grapes and great wines at the same time. I think that it's possible. And I think so far we're proving that it's possible. And I'm really excited to hopefully advance this, um, this, you know, regeneration into in any way possible. I, I would like to I would like to to include outcome based regeneration. Uh, it it bothers me. Everybody for or a lot of vineyards are claiming these improvements, but just a few can back it up. And I would yeah. love to see more that that go out and say we regenerate our land, and that's how you know. That's our. That's how we can see it in our results, and that's really what it is. Yeah, I like that. And do you? I know we've been talking a lot about soil, but maybe we should mention dirt uh, directly impacting regenerative transformation. Do you, how is that part of what you're doing right now? Uh, that's that's uh, Nicole and my baby, and uh, that's. Uh, it's all about advancing regenerative agriculture. So we really believe that the rising tide lifts all the ships. Uh, so we are working with dirt on three pillars. One is uh, empowering farmers uh, to, to join uh, and then to jump on the regenerative transformation. Uh, we, we are on phone calls with vineyards in Italy and South Africa and, of course, in California. Uh, the second pillar is... Uh, and that is also across the board, like any kind of regenerate. It doesn't have to be with a specific certification or this or that, because there's a lot of, I mean, biodynamics no. is amazing, ROC, there's a lot of options out there, you know. Right, as right. As a side note, sorry. Yeah, but it's also, if, if somebody is in, interested uh, to learn more or to get connected with certifications and stuff, we are more than welcome to share our experience with... Uh, that we have as 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 Savory's first uh, land to market verified vineyard on the financial side, but also on the farming side. Uh, and then uh, we work with producers, uh, try to cross promote and build uh, and build collaborations uh, to spark and inspire some consumers out there. Uh, we did uh, a social media promotion. This week, actually, with one of our land-to-market partners, Applegate, where we combined some uh, rosé and Sauvignon Blanc and Pinot with uh, with their land-to-market verified meat, actually, with their hot dogs. Yeah, I saw that. That, that, looked, that looked tasty. That looked fun. <laughs> uh, uh, well, it's kind of trying to break structures a little bit, you know, and create these... Uh... Awesome. I mean, yeah, I think it's the same. I, a... I think it's the same consumer that drinks a bottle of wine and that eats regenerative meat and, and stuff. And we really try to break out of these existing industry silos, you know. So yeah. why not combining? Why not combining a wine with uh, with CBD or with fashion or just let's do that. Yes. And then the final goal, the final goal, and the final pillar is uh, to empower conscious consumers. 
and that's uh, we're support regenerative. Uh, yeah, we're we're working we're working uh, on a solution to do that, but I can't really speak about that so far. Uh, but I'm yeah. more than happy to come to another podcast and. <laughs> Fantastic! <laughs> we will Bye. definitely do this again uh it sounds great well tell tell uh what have we left out like what should we cover in terms of land and market or anything that you guys want to say about what you're doing i don't i i want to i want to wrap this up but i don't want to leave anything out what haven't we talked about We've covered a lot, I think. Uh, we covered a lot. Uh, okay, great. <laughs> I think I think let's let's cover it up uh, with facts, great, uh, f- uh, and outcomes. Uh, land to market and and the ecological outcome verification are outcome based and result based. Uh, at Mariah Vineyards, uh, we were able to build climate resilience. Uh, we were able to increase profitability of of our business. Uh, we were able to, to build amazing collaborations. Uh, to to build uh, ecosystems, increase biodiversity, and all that stuff. And through that, uh, we can we we have now the capability to build collaborations and have discussions with vineyards. And it's just. It's so inspiring and it's so purpose-driven and it's so amazing. And if anybody is interested, we are more than welcome to uh, to support and advance regenerative transformation. Definitely. And, well, if, yep, and also, if anybody has can identify with these kind of generational mindset, um, you know, hurdles. Um, I know I've had conversations like Carrie Richards from Richards Grassfed and things like that, but it's, it's a challenge. And even recently my mom said somebody was up there and she was like, how did your daughter get your husband to do this? And she's like, I need to talk to her, you know? So I just, it's, and I don't even, I can't, there's no single answer. I think it's just, it's been a wild ride and it still is. And I love every minute of it and it's great and it's worth it. It's worth it to, to, to kind of, it's worth it to work um, in, in between these, these generational lines and find you find a new level of respect um, and admiration and wisdom that, um, that exists um, in, you know, from my parents' generation that I, it, yeah, it's, and, and, you know, he, he can see some, uh, yeah, I, I kind of take him outside of his comfort zone and, and, you know, hopefully he respects that. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Jerry's still where, out on that one, but. Uh, well, where, yeah. where is he now with everything is, does he feel like it's worth it at this point? Oh, we are walking into harvest. So he is, he is, uh, he is, yeah. We have we have now our first right we have our first pick in December, but he's really uh, committed uh, committed to regenerative agriculture, and uh, it, it's amazing. It, it's actually Nicole mentioned that there's a lot of friction and tension and discussion, but it's but amazing. Good. But it's amazing uh, how you know the cap- the willingness from from my parents-in-law to change to 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 try new stuff and to launch to launch land to market verified wines and and to do all of that so it absolutely it's it's awesome so they're committed and dedicated and uh 
it's it's a it's a quite it's a quite amazing ride actually and he's he's really he's really happy and um even just we i applied for a grant for some compost to regenerate our backfield um area and was granted it and he was like oh my god this is amazing how you know like he so it's <laughs> it's good you know uh we're we're able to work at work together to really do some good stuff so i'm really happy and he's He's stoked. He's he's in a good place, and you know we're about to start harvest, and uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be an interesting year. Every year is different. Like I, I this was something I heard. I think it was a John Kempf podcast or something. I was working in the vineyard one day, and I thought it was such an amazing comment from I forget even which farmer was on there, but he said you know uh, something along the lines of. You know, you must have a lot of experience because you've had, you know, 40, 40 years of experience. And then this farmer's response was, you know, I've had 40 different experiences. And um, I remember telling my dad this and he was like, that is so true. But I often have to remind my dad of that because be like, dad, remember, you don't have 40 years of ex- or 42 years of experience. You have 42 different experiences. And walking into every year and every harvest and every growing season is literally a new beast, especially yeah, it's, with it's climate. It's also challenging so. to work with us, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, so yeah. we all have our Amen. ideas. We all have our ideas. And yeah. really, I give both of them... Um, massive credit that they go along with our craziness really and anybody who knows my dad knows <laughs> yeah yeah anyway saying something <laughs> well thank you so much for having us and thank you yeah what um, are your uh, websites and insta like social media how do people get in touch or find out more follow so, along yeah follow um follow along um uh at mariah underscore vineyards is the the handle for Mariah Vineyards Instagram and it's Mariah Vineyards on, on Facebook. Um, and and MariahVineyards.com. MariahVineyards.com. That's, that's for the vineyard. And uh, if you want to connect with us, uh, and then it's, it's uh, dirt underscore, it's dirt wine, just um, yeah, dirt underscore wine. And that's kind of, you know, following our, our regenerative impact journey. Um, and all the different things that we're up to. So yes, please follow, follow along and, you know, obviously reach out, like DM us uh, anytime. And we're, you know, we are dedicated to, to, uh, you know, accelerating regeneration in any and every way we can. So yeah, even in healthcare. So anybody has cool ideas. (laughs) Yeah, uh, we need that. Well, thank you guys so much. It's been great talking to you and learning about this. Um, It's uh, another important thing that I think lots of people can benefit from. So thanks for sharing. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. And if you did, please do leave a review for the Organic Wine Podcast. It helps a lot. And we want to get the word out to as many people as we can, which your review will help do. Thanks so much.